the whole notion of being in a tank gives it this kind of claustrophobic feel. I almost felt by the time the movie ends like Captain Phillips or something. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, you know what's funny is. I thought the I thought the tanks looked really roomy, because <laughs> like, in every shot there's like lots of depth. You could like see all the way into the other compartments. Like to me, it seemed like the inside of the tank it was like a Mary Poppins tank, and like the inside was like twice the size of the outside. Of the tank. Yeah, like I didn't think it was claustrophobic looking at all. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 322 with our review of Fury. I'm Christopher Schneezy. I'm Carson Patrick. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, we're hopping in some tanks that are not as good as German tanks, <laughs> and we're trying not to get ourselves blown up. <laughs> How you guys doing? I'm doing splendid. Yeah, I'm on doing this good. Sunday morning. <laughs> There's no, nowhere like, to go from that. Damn it, we that. broke the illusion. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, why? why don't, yeah, I couldn't go anywhere from splendid. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm doing furiously good. Yeah, oh, furiously that's good. good. We, have, we have Steven. Not only is he doing furiously good, but he is sitting furiously, very in, furiously, in the tank of a room that I have. It's literally this like metal box that we uh, are sitting in. Mm. Um, I don't know where to go with that either. Mm. <laughs> We're here. Best job I ever had. Yeah. Best job I've ever had. You know what? I was kind of disappointed that they didn't have the line from the trailer where he's like, we only make a dollar thirty-five an hour. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was waiting for that line to show up. It didn't. So spoilers, it didn't show up. This, this is going to be a pretty good review if that's the thing that Carson was disappointed in. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that line wasn't in the movie. F this movie. Uh-huh. My, my my favorite uh, or not even favorite my most disappointing <laughs> <laughs> no my uh, I said er like favorite oh, okay. er, trying to be the southern guy in the tank okay. yeah, see, <laughs> I was it was trying like to a... er, r- r- take back what I was saying anyways I uh, my disappointing conversion of line from tra- trailer to line in the film was uh, you know the line in the trailer was like we're still in this fight still in this fight <laughs> like they're kind of not still in the fight no they're pretty screwed. <laughs> Like, if he would have said that, like, 20 minutes earlier, that would have been like, come on, guys, get get on this. Yeah, what if, if he said it, like, 30 minutes earlier, he'd be like, yeah, we get it. We know. <laughs> like, yeah, we're just starting this fight. <laughs> we're still here. <laughs> but no, like, when the one guy's like, the tank's busted. <laughs> if he's like, we're still in this fight, still in this fight, they're like, okay, cool, let's get in the tank. Like, that would have made more sense as opposed yeah. to, like, what may or may not actually be happening in that scene. You know what? I was disappointed, too, because uh, I went and saw this at an AMC theater. And um, they showed the uh, the romantic red ball intro, <laughs> which I thought was kind of odd for a, a World War II tank movie. You wanted like, to see Balls of Fury? Yeah, at least you'd think that the balls would be like, uh, they'd have the uh, attacking iPhone one or something. Yeah. I don't know. I have a correction, by the way, from the corrections department. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The long rant I went on last week last week about the guy before AMC commercials who tells you not to turn on your cell phone. Yeah. Oh, Those right. were Cinemark. Those, that wasn't oh, AMC. Oh, okay. okay. AMC has always been the red balls and the black woman, just like you're talking about. Yes. yes. Yep. So with the romantic one, is she less sassy or is she still sassy? I... Uh, you she like, romantic. remember. <laughs> Flirty, sassy. 
I, I think uh, I think she's a little uh, calm during that one. Okay. And and to be honest, even though I just saw it yesterday, like I don't even know if it's her doing the voice for that one. It might be somebody else. Are you saying all black people sound alike? <laughs> no, it might just be like a white dude. I don't know. <laughs> dude? Yeah. <laughs> That's not very. No, romantic. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's same. Uh, same girl, but. I just don't remember. I was too conf- I was too thrown off by the fact that it, they were showing that one, and it's like, I, I this doesn't fit. <laughs> I don't know, man. There's some parts towards the end of the film that uh, that get <laughs> the borderline romantic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's that part where Brad Pitt tries to, you know, <laughs> take over the tank, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I was talking more about like the the bro oh. <laughs> the bro hugs towards the end of the, <laughs> the longingly looking into each other's eyes. Oh, as, I thought. I thought <laughs> I thought you were gonna say the uh, the scene Reno, he uh, takes a German uh, gal <laughs> into the back room. I was not referencing that. So so romantic. Anyways, so <laughs> we're starting this podcast off like right out of the gates, like a fury out of something that is. Keep that going. You're gonna, you're gonna nail it. <laughs> Just land the ending. <laughs> so what do you say? We take a listen to the trailer for Fury. <laughs> Let's do it. And just skip all this terrible attempts at doing comedy. <laughs> this episode post-editing is just going to be, hi, welcome to the spoiler warning, trailer. <laughs> oh, it should be. It should be. It should be, but that's no fun. I, th- I think that's our, our, I think our fans, <laughs> Yeah. If, if, I, if I can call them that, I, I think they enjoy... Our terrible attempts to start a podcast. Yeah, off they right. really enjoy yeah, me not like talking it. well. Yeah, I think that if we if we start like, hey guys, welcome to the show. This is us. Here's the trailer. Let's review. Um, they we they would, uh, you know, we first of all we'd be cutting like thirty minutes off. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and we get paid by the minute. So yeah, we need to, exactly. So we're, we're like attorneys. <laughs> Wait, you guys get paid? Yeah, that, that's sweet advertising money. Oh, every time I leave, then I take some like a twenty out of your wallet. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I just thought they were like getting lost in the laundry. I, or I use I use PayPal PayPal when it's over Skype. So, well, yeah. no, you, you you bought one of those. You bought one of the Apple Pay machines, and you just like carry it around with you. So every time you walk by my phone, it just deducts money. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good times. Anyways, so we're talking about Fury. We're going to review it first. We're going to listen to the trailer, so that way you guys can get a listen to the dollar twenty five an hour line, <laughs> and then we're going to come back. And uh, all the wonderful guys, lines. Yep, give you guys a review. If you think it can't get worse, it can, and it will. The dying's not done, the killing's not done. I promised my crew a long time ago I'd keep them alive. I was afraid you were dead. Where's the rest of Thurpenton? We're it. Sergeant Collier, I'm your new assistant driver. Tank school? That's home. I've never even seen the inside of a tank. You will. I started this war killing Germans in Africa. Now I'm killing Germans in Germany. Been with these fine gentlemen for years. These troops get by you. We're all dead in the water. All we got is you. Ask you to do anything I haven't done myself. Comp check. Photo check. Grady check. Bob check. Bob check. 
are peaceful. History is violent. Wait till you see it. See what? What a man can do to another man. I'm scared. I'm scared too. It will end soon. But before it does, a lot more people gotta die. Well, you know we do get a dollar thirty-five a day, right? <laughs> Best job I ever had. Best job I ever had. Best job I ever had. How many? 300 of them. There's five against 300. We never run before. Why are we going to run now? We're still in this fight. We're still in this fight. Now! All right, so you just listened to the trailer for Fury. Um, basically, a bunch of guys are in a tank, and they're trying to take on some Germans, and that's probably all you need to know. All right, I guess it's important to know that, like, the movie starts with one of the tank crewmen having been killed, and they replace it by a, a new recruit, sort of like in the Maze Runner. And <laughs> the, green, the Greenies got to get trained to want to kill Nazis. Yeah, so. dude, they need a new architect for their tank, and uh, so Ellen Page shows up, and she's like, I don't know anything about tanks. <laughs> Are you uh, saying yeah. that he looks like Ellen Page, or that Ellen Page <laughs> looks like him? Or I'm confused. I, I would say I would, there are more dissimilar-looking people than him and Ellen Page. There are the similar plot devices used in many a film, but no, Percy Jackson does not look like <laughs> Ellen Page. I feel like they could pass for each other. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> Carson, why don't you start us off and uh, and review the film instead of reviewing people that look like they could have been in the film? <laughs> I don't think they could. Well, yeah, okay. Um, I'm not saying they look alike. I was just saying they have the same function character-wise. Still in this podcast. She probably dressed up as Percy Jackson for Halloween this year. (laughs) Okay. Um, so yeah, we're still Fury. Um, I, I, uh, I, here's my attempt to, uh, talk (laughs) as, uh, as one does, as I usually do on this show. So anyway, I think I enjoyed the trailer more than this actual movie because... Wait, wait, hold on. From what I remember, you didn't even enjoy the trailer. (laughs) No, I enjoyed the trailer uh, the first time, and then after seeing it like 800 times, it's kind of like how the Taken 2 trailer they showed in front of like every movie. So like anytime they showed the Fury trailer, you know, I just go around after going like, hit that son of a bitch! You know? it's It's one of those trailers that you can't... Not help but quote all the lines from it, yeah. um, even though you haven't seen it yet. Well, and, also, um, real, real fast too, sorry, just before you continue, was this another film that I was the only one that was actually excited for? Because <laughs> I think so. Pr- probably. I, I just assumed other people <laughs> thought this movie looked cool, and then like the more I talked to people, everybody was like, oh, Fury. <laughs> no, I mean, I, yeah. I kind of thought <laughs> it looked cool. At least I had the assumption that everyone else <laughs> thought it was going to be really cool. Okay, so even if you didn't like it, you... St- you didn't perceive that, I, like, I was crazy. I, I knew that I have my, like, war movie bias in general where, like, the bar is kind of high for me to be, like, a big fan of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. I kind of thought everyone else on this podcast was very excited for Fury. Okay. Like, I wasn't too hot for it. Um, 
And I think um, <laughs> you're still not too hot for it. No, I, I think the the idea of of making a, a tank, a World War II tank movie, is cool. But I think that the way Fury is executed is, uh, is that it's pretty it's pretty <laughs> low on the totem pole in terms of uh, war movies or World War II movies in general. I mean, if you've seen any other war movie, uh, you've basically seen Fury. You've seen something better than Fury. Um, so I guess if you've never seen a war movie ever in your life, uh, Fury might be okay. Well, uh, I'll, I'll get to it a little bit later, but I think there's there's a simply because this is a tank war movie, it has something going for it that most war movies don't because, like it, the the film is showing off tank combat and what it's like. The difference between tank combat and like just running around shooting people with a gun. There's, it's very different, and mm-hmm. I don't think, like, when you think of tanks, I don't think you visualize the way the combat in this movie takes place, and that's all, that's all I'll say for now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can see that, but I think that the way Fury is handled isn't anything interesting. Like, I don't think Fury is anything interesting visually or just in its story, because its story has very been there, done that. Uh, and I, I feel like that we could have gotten more interesting, uh, like how, you know, this, the team works in the tank and the camaraderie between them, because this film is once again, um, directed by David Ayer, who did End of Watch and Sabotage, which is another film we really enjoyed, um, sarcasm. <laughs> I was going to say, there's no sarcasm in that voice. <laughs> Um, but I mean, I the like, I've not no nothing against David Ayer, but like I, me personally, all of his movies have the same problem, which is this like forced like testosterone, like forced macho ness. Like I always think that like you know his theme song theme song should be that like I'm a man, I'm a man, I'm a man <laughs> that song, um, because that's how all his movies feel. Like it just feels like yes, I'm a man, and yeah, hit that son of a bitch. Like it just none of it feels natural to me, mm-hmm. and I think that this is Which ex- is, actually his next film is also <laughs> going to contain that line, but it's going to be a domestic violence film. <laughs> that son of a bitch. It's going to be no good deed too. <laughs> uh, yeah, it just. I feel like, you know, this movie especially um, is all about the male bonding, and I feel like even in the early scenes of of the tank crew, you know, talking amongst each other, it just, it none of it feels natural to me. It just all feels like, we are men in tanks, look at our muscle, we are so manly. <laughs> like, that's all I think of when I hear them talking. It doesn't come off as as natural to me. and And I feel like the film doesn't have the heart of something like a saving private ryan um which you know i i understand is um what i feel like this movie is going for is like the complete you know bleakness of war which is totally fine i mean i'm glad that you know they're depicting it in the way that it is obviously it's it's horrible um but i feel like you know the movie like saving private ryan it depicts the atrocities of war but you also get you know the scenes of heart and humor um that kind of balance that out. And I don't think that Fury has that touch, you know, it doesn't have that like Spielbergian touch to it. Um, and also it's like, it doesn't do anything new to the genre. Like it literally does nothing new. Like, 
Um, at least something like Saving Private Ryan was changing up the game, you know, with the way that it was shot and the way that it looked. Um, and also, like something like Schindler's List, um, you know, it depicted the horribleness of the Holocaust um, and it went all in. Like it, you know, made everything feel completely real. Um, and Fury never gets to that level. Um, I feel like they, you know, David Ayer wants to go all in on that, but it never escapes that uh, feeling of being a movie. You know, it always just feels like these are actors and they are, you know, acting out these scenes uh, and these events. Um, and, and, you know, it, the way that the movie looks, too, doesn't, I don't know, it just has this, like, very, like, off-putting, unnatural look to me. And it, it that also feeds into the fact that it just feels like a movie. So I, I think that, like, that was the main thing to me, is that it did nothing new with the genre, and uh, it just ended up being very dull. And I think that, you know, the actors are very good in the film, but it's not up to their par. Um, I mean, Brad Pitt is great, but the whole time I just, you know, felt like I should have been rewatching Inglorious Bastards because, <laughs> you know, that, to me, is a World War II movie that takes that, that genre and that, you know, war specifically, and then it does something completely different with it. Because I feel like <laughs> if you want to do, if you want to do of like cheating, because it literally does something completely different. No, mm-hmm. but I'm saying like, th- my point is that, you know, if you, if you're going to do a war movie, specifically World War II, because we've gotten so many of the uh, movies based on World War II, is that if you're going to do one of those movies, then you need to do something radically different in order for it to I feel hit a mark in order to be something fresh because otherwise it's going to end up like Fury where it's like, I've seen this before. Like there are movies that are much superior than this. But also the the films that you're comparing to this though are films that are set in war, but war is the backdrop for the actual story of revenge or the story of, um, you know, counterintelligence or like there's all these things that like um, even like Valkyrie, like, you know, plot plot to kill Hitler. It's, it's it's not about the war as a whole. It's about this one isolated uh, like series of attempts to take out Hitler. And, and, and this film, I think, is very reduced. It's literally like, hey, guys, here's a new recruit. Um, I want you guys to go to this checkpoint and then uh, go to this checkpoint. And the film is just the journey from checkpoint mm-hmm. one to checkpoint two to checkpoint three. And no, then I mean, I, I completely that get that. Yeah. I mean, I completely get that. I mean, this is an intimately scaled movie, and that's fine, but I don't think that there's anything interesting done with it. And I mean, regardless of... Yeah, there's... It's a World War II movie, though. I mean, it falls under the same genre as all these other films. Like, yes, they do things differently within the war, but it's still the same genre. Like, I mean... Yeah. I, I mean, yes, it is... I understood that it's this intimately scaled picture, which is great, but I mean, the characters and the story within this movie aren't, aren't anything we haven't seen before. And to me, that is what makes it a dull movie. Right, Steven, you were going to say something a second ago. Uh, yeah, I mean, just, I, I'm unsure if I would lump all of those movies together under the same genre. Like, I, I guess you can, but I do feel like they have different aims in what they're doing. Like yeah. this this movie was trying very much to be about the war, like what it feels like to fight in the war. Yeah. In, in that sense, I would maybe compare it more to like 
the Thin Red Line or something, even though they're different wars that they're talking about, I think. Um, I wish I could remember Thin Red Line is Vietnam or... No, that was World War II. World War II. Okay, I take yeah. it all back. <laughs> uh, again, uh, a much better war movie than this movie. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I don't I don't know if I would really compare it to like, especially like a Schindler's List or something. I feel like that's an unfair. Uh, no, but I'm saying like, I'm not comparison. comparing it this movie to Schindler's List. I'm comparing the fact that like, if you want to go all in on the atrocities of war, you should make it like how Schindler, like they did for Schindler's List, which it did go all in, like in look, feeling, uh, everything like that. Like, I don't think that Fury went that way in terms of like its technical side well even schindler's list is going all in on a different aspect of the war as opposed to this is Ah, i just can't win man i can't win all right (laughs) i'm just just saying that like this film is literally like like what is it like to participate in combat against a incredibly superior force that is the german tank whatever the military term is for like it's 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 very much about the toll of these specific soldiers in like five guys shoved into a vehicle that is not very mobile, <laughs> moves slowly, and and is is used for pre- precision strikes against a target that is far superior to them militarily. If it helps, Carson, I'm gonna be agreeing with you in a second. So <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> you don't right. you don't need to feel well, like it's you against the world. Anyway, my <laughs> my point is that. I didn't like Fury. That's just the bottom line. There we go. <laughs> and I and I have no problem. I have no problem with you not liking Fury. I'm I'm just saying that some some of the some of the criticisms of the film I yeah. don't buy into just because I think the film is doing something like not not vastly different in the way that you would like the film to be doing, but vastly different in that it's not attempting to go for those things. If that makes yeah. sense. Well, I mean, for me personally, I just responded to like I've seen this movie before. Regardless of whether or not, you know, Saving Private Ryan is a different World War II movie or et cetera, et cetera. Like, I, I feel like that, you know, this movie didn't do anything to change up the genre. Even though it is about tanks, I still think that within <laughs> that, it, it didn't do anything that, uh, you know, ignited my fury for mm. liking it. Tanks, but no tanks. <laughs> 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 oh wow yes that's what I, i'll yes very good steven <laughs> well let, let, let's let steven back you up carson so that you don't have to feel so bad i mean i'm i'm not gonna back carson up on everything but i think i i also in, in my mind for a war movie to be enjoyable to me it needs to either do something very different like inglorious bastards which i can't even lump in as a war movie like I'm, I'm no, mentioning I mean, it not, because it is so like different. That it, it, it's so different that like it clearly doesn't fit the genre anymore. Yeah. It's a it's a war movie in Quentin world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, technically all of his movies are war movies. <laughs> so it, it in my mind it either needs to do that or it needs to be very personal in a way where like the characters that it's being personal to are believable to me. Like then it's telling a story set against the backdrop of the war. And it can be about the war, but I have, like, one thing that I'm latching onto in it. Or else it needs to, like Carson said, go all in on the devastation of war. And I'm actually going to say, maybe controversially, that I don't think Saving Private Ryan does that. I think the (gasps) 
I think the opening scene of Saving Private Ryan is amazing, and the rest of the movie is a giant group hug about how we were on the right side of the war, and well, this I mean, is great. <laughs> I feel like it's not about just the devastation. I feel like it's very much a like a glorified... It, it's okay to glorify things, I mean, but I would not call that a bleak movie. Well, no, yeah. no, I mean, I agree with that. I think that the opening sequence is obviously very bleak, um, but the rest of the movie is a little more uplifting. Yeah. Um, but no, I would say that it, in terms of going all in, Schindler's List is the prime example. So, li- li- little little joke about uh, Saving Private Ryan real fast. Uh-huh. So that, that storming the beach opening in that film incredible but there's that scene where like a guy gets hit in the helmet and then takes off his helmet and then oh, gets yeah. hit in the actual head like spoilers oh, yeah. for like a non-actual character in the film who dies <laughs> in this moment yeah. not so funny but yeah that that moment happens and this guy in the back of my theater just starts laughing <laughs> laughing 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 and i'm like that's jacked up dude like whatever we're leaving the theater and i look back and i know the guy <laughs> oh no and it's stephen miller yeah it's stephen <laughs> miller oh um, no but it, it, it was like an, an instructor in uh for the drum line at, at oceanside <laughs> that's it maybe because he he thought it was so messed up he didn't know how else to react or he was just an a-hole I don't know. <laughs> I, I think he just for laughing <laughs> for laughing at war. <laughs> you know, you get a laughing fit sometimes, and you can't do anything about yeah. it. Maybe this was one of those. His came at the worst time. <laughs> Anyways, continue, Stephen. Yeah. So anyway, my my bar for bleakness, I think, is pretty high <laughs> in terms of like. If a war movie, a war movie needs to either be sufficiently campy, sufficiently personal, or sufficiently bleak. Like, I'm not a big fan of the ones where it's kind of like, hoorah, rooting for the adventure <laughs> when I know this is like just total destruction of another people. <laughs> like, I have, You can die for your country, I'm gonna live for mine. No, exactly, it's the, the lone survivor's guilt feeling. Like, <laughs> like, that's exactly what I have. Like, a movie like Lone Survivor where... I know I'm supposed to be, like, totally on board. I'm supposed to be, like, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, patriotism. Yeah, survive. America. That's, that's patriotism. America. Barrel through hundreds of other people. That's amazing. I, I know that's how I'm supposed to feel. It's supposed to be more like a 300 movie, almost, where I'm just like, hell yeah. <laughs> but then I'm, I'm also stuck knowing, like, this is a historical period of time that we're talking about yeah, like something actually did happen that i'm gonna go at the wikipedia now <laughs> and it's nothing like what i'm all- yeah and like you know history is written cool. history is written by the winners right and so i'm in america and i'm watching a movie showing how badass we are killing yeah. killing the other people so anyway i have i have like weird if not ethical conflicts at least like i i get in a weird place if i can't tell what message the movie is trying to yeah. give me about the war Quentin is fine, right? He's doing like an, almost a comic book. It's like a campy. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It has so little relevance to the actual war. That I, yeah, but he's also killing, he's killing also Hitler. putting the Germans in that scene in the middle where they're watching the movie. They're putting them in the exact situation you are talking about now yes. by having them all like high fiving each other, and like hey, killing all the British soldiers. Yes, exactly. Uh, so yeah, it's like not only is he having an alternate telling of history but then he's like throwing it in your face making you excited the first half of the movie showing you how horrible you are for being excited and then continuing <laughs> on with killing this other people reality of history. Yeah. so th- this movie i think the first third of this movie or so i thought it was doing that like brad Wait, w- Pitt's, which one was it doing it, it was doing the bleak 
the bleakness of okay. it. Like Brad Pitt's character is not a very empathetic character at the beginning of the movie. He does some like terrible shit, right? Yeah. And Percy Jackson is like the lens. <laughs> I say yeah. that because I don't know his real name, Lerman. <laughs> L- yeah, something Lerman. Lerman. And yeah. anyway, he he's kind of the lens through which. I think the audience is supposed to feel about what's going on where there are these hardened people in this tank who clearly do not value human life anymore. Like they've become killing machines and Brad and Brad Pitt says things to this effect. He says like, we're not here to do right versus wrong. We're here to kill Germans or kill crowds. Right. Like, yeah. And, the, and killing he, Nazis. He, do, he does some like, bad shit right? like <laughs> like his initiation rights for this kid to be like yeah. to grow yeah. up are completely terrible right and the movie makes you think they're terrible i don't but, think but the movie... he also makes a distinction between uh german soldiers and ss exactly like, so so, so i mean make... really it's the really really evil people yeah no yeah. so it's, it's the same like synthetic distinction that uh <laughs> the lone survivor makes between these guys that look like jafar and these guys who look like jafar <laughs> but also like america so... <laughs> <laughs> it, like it makes us feel good like no we don't hate all the people just the yeah, ones that we love america it's just the ones that chose to fight for their country because they're the bad guys yeah <laughs> and anyway you know not the ones that were forced into it that's fine yeah and anyway so the first like third or maybe even half of the movie i thought i saw it as this of a a person who is being injected into this hardened world and having to see what it's like so this just so it are you saying that in a positive way or a negative way? In a, in a positive way, okay, okay. so far. I, I, I wasn't met- completely clear whether you were, no, like, no. Compo- like, based on everything you had said before that, I didn't yeah. know whether that was, like, so first I saw all this crap, or if that was, like, oh, and then I saw this crap. I, I thought no, that I, meant- I, I think there's a but coming up. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> okay, okay. the message yeah. of the film was very consistent on that to me until this scene towards the middle where there's a brief interlude with a <laughs> piano and a few other things involved. Interlude, yes. And uh, after that moment, the entire trajectory of the film is this person learning to feel that same rage and right. desire to kill these it's people same the same theory. way. And by the end, like the movie basically picks up in a trajectory where by the end, the only reason you are watching this is to root for the people 300 style to yeah. be in this epic battle as far as i could tell I, <laughs> well, it was literally like them against 300 it was literally Germans. 300 I think. I think it was 500 i, I think he said a few line. i think he said no, two he maybe said 300. Like two or 300 well no that that but it doesn't michael pena have a line later on he's like it's five guys against 500 oh yeah maybe it's five against 300 I think they were. They per- just Percy were Jackson's guessing. estimate was two to three hundred when he comes running back. Yeah, but, but he doesn't yeah. know anything. But there's, but there's that line in the trailer at least. They maybe they edited out of the film where I don't think where, that I don't think that trailer. I think that went by the way of the dollar thirty five an hour line. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't remember that. There's uh, the, people like numbers. Let's have a bunch of lines in the trailer with numbers. <laughs> <in it. laughs> so, so the thing by the end of the movie, I did not feel like it was a film pointing out the bleakness of war. I felt like it was a film pointing out rooting for survival and that that flip that happened of are these sympathetic characters or not like are these the people i'm supposed to be standing up and cheering for or are these people that i'm supposed to feel like are examples of how war devastates and turns you into like a barbaric thing and the tonal shift that made this more of a popcorn movie by the end is also the one that made me be very confused as to how i'm supposed to feel (laughs) about the movie yeah um so on a pure filmmaking level, I 
I don't agree with Carson in the sense that I think this did plenty of different things. Like, I think the uh, the whole notion of being in a tank gives it this kind of claustrophobic feel. I almost felt by the time the movie ends, like Captain Phillips or something. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, you know what's funny is. I thought the I thought the tanks looked really roomy, because <laughs> like, in every shot there's like lots of depth. You could like see all the way into the other compartments. Like to me, it seemed like the inside of the tank it was like a Mary Poppins tank, and like the inside was like twice the size of the outside. Of the tank. Yeah, like I didn't think it was claustrophobic looking at all, which is not the effect they should have had. It was not like Captain Phillips when they're in that little like submersible, and it just felt like hell. Yeah, I'm all right. Like, I would not want to be in there. I should say claustrophobia is maybe more about you're stuck in a thing and you think you're going to die for a very long time. Yeah, that's true. It's and then like when we record this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then mo- most of the camera is taking place inside that very yeah. small... Like, you never get a shot of all of them together. You only see them in their respective locations yeah, in I the th- tank. I think that's why I thought it was roomy, because yeah. there was never a scene where, like... Like, if they wanted to pass, say, a bottle of alcohol between each other, they had to actually shift their full position and, like, lean over and hand it to somebody who would have to reach for it. It wasn't like, it wasn't like when you're in a car and you're just like, here, not that you should be passing somebody else. <laughs> you, you know how you do it in a car. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, you drive it in the car. Drinking fodies. So, in, in, like, in that sense, it felt more like a submarine movie or something almost to me. Like, the dynamic of it was not the traditional dynamic of a World War II movie because yeah. you are not boots on the ground you are people are part of They're this machine <laughs> that to the outside world is just one unit that is firing off hell but on the inside requires a lot of people to make it work yeah yeah um i thought that was totally if not like fresh like i i didn't think like wow i've never thought of that before but i definitely had not seen something quite <laughs> like never that thought of a tank before. Yeah. i've never <laughs> thought of that um I thought that was at least, like, an interesting way to do things. I, I also thought, like, visually the movie was compelling enough. Like, I get I get the excessive macho feeling. Like, it did take almost, like, comic book vibes by the end where it was just like, yeah, beat him up, yeah. <laughs> I'm a man. I mean, the guy, Brad Pitt's name is War Daddy. Like, he sounds like he's straight out of a comic book. <laughs> I like a, like a Frank Miller comic book or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't, so uh, from a filmmaking level, and I thought the acting was fine. Even Labeef was okay, and I'm not a, I'm not a big Beef fan. <laughs> Dude, I, I I actually want to mention something about the Beef because um, I know that Chris and I are are Shia apologists, um, yeah. and I think that uh, I I thought Shia would have been better in the Percy Jackson role. Mm. Uh, nothing against Logan Lerman, I think he's a a fine actor. Like I enjoyed him in The Perks, being a wallflower, but. Um, I, I just, I don't know, I felt like Shia would have been, he has, like, more of that magnetic... <laughs> the tank gunner. Yep. No, I just felt like Shia has more of a presence, that's all. But I, I know that he probably, you know, he's played that role before, so he probably wanted to do the more adult role. I'm a grown-up now. Well, yeah. I, 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 like, I mean, I'm, we still haven't got to me yet, but I thought Shia LaBeouf was fantastic in this. Like, yeah. I thought he was genuinely really, really good. No, I, I mean, think he's he great was in the, the best person in the tank. Like... I, he just he plays a severely broken man so well and he was the, like like uh brad pitt's great but he like he's brad pitt like yeah. he, he's just being brad pitt <laughs> like that's what he's doing like oh, i'm tank commander we're gonna be killing nazis my name's <laughs> lieutenant aldo ray i need six volunteers um, yes but like i i thought that a lot of the emotional weight of the film hinges on the performance of Shia LaBeouf, even though he's sort of like the side character. I mean, he's just mm-hmm. the guy who shoots the gun. <laughs> uh, but like, 
he, but it, it's there's I don't know something about the way he plays it. I think like of all the other people, you know, Percy Jackson is like, oh, we're scary, but then he turns into like, oh, I hate Nazis. Yeah. Um. You know, yeah. Michael Pena is sort of just like him and him and the the gun loader guy, whatever that rolls the ammunition putter in her. Um. Those two guys <laughs> are sort of just like you know they're they're Actual broken term. psychologically in the mm. fact that they're just like horrible people. But Shia LaBeouf is like the most human. Like he throughout the entire film he doesn't participate with the rest of the guys he's he's like you know the one religious guy but they don't spend too much time with him like like he's constantly saying religious stuff but he's not like uh, say for the one scene where he's like you know one day i'll save you guys or whatever but like he's not he's not the classic like oh god we put a christian in the movie and he's gonna be <laughs> the guy who ruins everything because he's talking about how we deserve to die yeah. like they don't do any of that with him he just plays a like he is the one character that i felt was real um, he he's definitely the most interesting sidekick to me. Yeah. I feel like there's yeah, no competition yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. And and he did do a great job with it. Like I I really can't fault the craft of this movie. Like I thought I thought it was very well done. I feel like anyone who is on board for the plot of the movie or the message if there is a message, I don't even know <laughs> if there is. If if you're on board for the cool factor, I feel like it is a very cool movie. Uh it was really the the mixed message had me very confused as to how I'm supposed to approach the film because it really did veer into 300 style or lone survivor type territory by the end I don't I think it's in the trailer it's not a spoiler to say that in the end they start fighting a like way outnumbered battle no that's in the trailer hopefully like... it's also it might be a spoiler but it shouldn't be too bad to say this is on one of the very last days of the war like I think this is when it's set yeah, and yeah. The, the whole ethics of that—that that basically means you just want to kill as many people as you can because you're not going to get a chance to kill them in a day. <laughs> like, like, why are we rooting for this? Like, this is not survival. Like, this is destroying people <laughs> because you hate them, right? Like, because well, you've gotten so hardened that you just want to kill as many but, of them. But as wasn't you can. that like partially on the part of like Hitler? Like, we just got to go and take everything that we can. Type of like last ditch efforts like on the u.s side like the whole point of this film like the missions they get is like look we have this outpost where all of our guns and ammo and troops all get stationed and moved about all through this one hub and right now the germans are moving on that you need to take your squadron of five tanks i don't know if they're called squadrons when they're tanks or your whatever they're called Mm -hmm. of five tanks you need to go to these crossroads and you need to make sure these German soldiers do not get past that. Yeah. I mean, it's very 300 in that, too, because their yeah. whole thing was like, you know, hide in the hot gates and make sure that the entire giant Persian army doesn't march through there. Uh-huh. But but I think that it's not like for the U.S., it's not like, a oh, come on, guys, we haven't got to like 10 million yet. Let's like if we can shoot another 200,000 Nazis, then like, yeah, we're going to be good. I, I don't think to the U.S. it is. I think to Brad Pitt it is. I, I feel like the whole way they talk is very much like, let's get as many bodies as we can. Yeah, well, they they <laughs> so they hmm. and it's justified with that distinction between the SS versus the regular army. But I never felt what that means no no but like what why not so yes i can't completely disagree but on the same hand i think that sometimes when they're talking about like they're talking about like uh like michael pena has has a line where he yells something like you know you know squeeze in these bursts and make sure you mo- like you're hitting as many people as you can i don't think it's like a gimli ah, i killed two more yeah. i think it's more of a like we have limited supply of ammo we need to do as much 
uh, damage to large populations of these troops at once to take them out because we are an immobilized tank in the center of a road against a squadron of SS. Yeah. Like, I keep using squadron. I don't know any military terminology, so a platoon, um, whatever. I, I think squadron would be more apt. I don't know. Mm-hmm. To me, it sounds that way. Okay, well. A platoon is like a bunch of dudes. Like, yeah. not. <laughs> I don't know, dudes. man. Platoon is a movie that Oliver Stone did in the 80s. So. Yeah, we can't compare that to this because this movie's crap. <laughs> Platoon, a much better war film than Fury. But anyways, keep going, Steven. No, I think that this is a good way to transition into what Chris thought of the movie. I I thought on a movie-making standpoint, if I didn't have a conflicted view of what story they were telling, I thought all of the superficial, or not even superficial, all the obvious aspects of it were very well done. Which is why I actually expected to be the lone person like criticizing this movie. The lone survivor. Yeah, I I thought I was going to be the lone... uh, the lone reviewer, the lone Armand White. Yes. <laughs> All right. So don't well, take that title away from me. <laughs> well, if we're gonna transition to me, um, so like to put put things in context, contest, to put things in context, um, I am taking a very pro stance on the film in general during this review because I've. I guess I'm feeling the the way, like the op- the opposite of what you thought you were gonna feel, Stephen. It's like what I felt in the judge, maybe. Yeah. Well, so so basically, um, I'm trying to balance out Carson's immediate, like, uh, complete whatever throwing out of the film as anything good at all, and um, just like I- I'm on the defensive for the film. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily like, oh, guys, what are you talking you're about? The I last think... tank at the outpost. <laughs> yes. I- <I'm... laughs> the flood of criticism is coming in. I'm, yeah, I'm sitting in the middle of the road. You know, one of my treads is busted. I got like a, a, you know, I used to have the best gunner in the in the army or now whatever. I got you. Yeah, now I got you. <laughs> so, anyways, um, so last yesterday I was hanging out with some buddies and one of them was like, hey, you know, I saw you said that you saw Fury. Like, what did you think of it? And I I had a difficult time sort of uh, quantifying quantifying the quality of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, to like to to this to the statement of like whether i think this person should see it or not or whether it's worth just renting later or seeing it and um a lot of that is because i think the aspects that steven's talking about like what the message of the film and where the film goes and stuff there's nothing really there like mm-hmm. it, it's that it's sort of absence like I, I i told my buddy that this is a really reduced film it, it's a film that the the plot is literally uh start go to this checkpoint pick up some extra tanks because you're just one tank so go meet these four other tanks and then move to this crossroads and hold it and that's that's the whole story um you get bits of information through other characters as this mission progresses that's i'm gonna call it a mission not a story it's just a mission um and so it's hard for me to go like oh man that was a great war movie um but what i think it is is a great presentation of tank combat and and as I, as I said earlier, like it's different from most uh, World War II films because it's about tank combat, and that that seems silly to to say uh, to hold that as like, like a, saying the second three hundred is different because it's about boats. Yeah, you know exactly. Like like it seems different, <laughs> but but the thing is, like this is how every like you know, Carson, you're talking about every other war movie. This is how every other war movie is. You got troops on the ground. They got guns. Sometimes they got lots of ammo. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they're good soldiers. Sometimes they're bad. Sometimes they're scared. Sometimes they're not. Whatever. That's it's normal stuff. But what happens in every single war movie is there's a scene where a tank shows up, 
and the the showing up of a tank in any war film is an oh shit moment because the tank shoots big old kabooms and uh you know this is gonna be really scary what are we gonna do how are we gonna stop this tank like the tank showing up is always like the be all end all of military enforcement in a normal in a normal war film where you have troops on the ground or game of halo or yeah or a game of halo like damn it they got the tank again (laughs) um so in this film what it does is go like oh you know how you think tanks are awesome and how like if you had a tank like you know like oh damn what if they had a tank uh then then like that wouldn't be awesome but this film really shows like oh no like not only does it take five guys to work a tank but a tank is very vulnerable especially when fighting a like superiorly made tank that like if you're an american tank in world war ii fighting a german tank um there's a title card at the beginning of the film that says like u.s tanks sucked german tanks very good and this film does a good job of showing you that there there may or may not be like one scene though but there's only like three scenes in the film so it's (laughs) so to me that scene is this is not a strong case it's well uh, it's once again, I'm not trying to vote for these these story as a whole. The film, just the presentation of like, I mean, anything is like a tank shoots something, that thing gets blown up. There yeah. are there are like tons of rounds in this film that get fired from tanks, and they strike other tanks, and they just ricochet off or bounce off, and like that's the way. As as far as I know, that's the way like tank combat actually works, and it really paints the combat in a way that's like. God, I would never want to be, like, the crew of a tank or have to use a tank in a war. Not that, like, you're, you're better protected if you're just running on the ground with a gun and there's another tank somewhere. But, I mean, it just it just paints it in, like, a not great idea. And, like, you know, we talk about Brad Pitt, like, oh, I gotta go kill these Nazis. But there's times when he's told, like, hey, this is what we got. It's you. And that's it. Just just the way he's telling Percy Jackson, like, you used to have the best gun in the world. Now I got you. Like, the military's yeah. going, like, we used to have, like, 50 tanks. Now we got you. So go join these other four tanks and go do this possibly suicide mission because the like we all lose if somebody doesn't at least hold them back for a few minutes. And I think that that aspect of the film is like I can tell how these guys would be super messed up. Like um, the one thing I thought was weird is how like they, they you know they'd sack a town and then get wasted and immediately be like oh we gotta go fight some guys and I'm like where's the part where they sober sober up <laughs> you know like, drunk, drunk <laughs> do with their driving. men they're so, man so I think there is a disconnect to where they try to do these character mo- moments and there's not a rational rational there's not a rational explanation of how they transition from character like, you've, to you've you've got to admit that the the primary character moment halfway in this movie is like pretty stupid or doesn't fit with the rest of it the brief glimmer of romance that they try to shove in this movie yeah the the brief glimmer of romance is that part is silly but how that resolves if you can say it that way i think that moment works because like specifically that moment because you have percy jackson you have him like he is sort like at that point in time he is like he's not he's definitely not acclimated to war but he's sort of like Oh, this isn't as crazy as I sort of expected it to be. Kind of like he's sort he, he's let down the walls just a tiny bit, and then he hasn't got a true whiff of it. Yeah, yeah, and then he gets like a really quick uh, kind of reinsertion into. <laughs> I, I thought that was such a movie moment. I, I was no, it, like, it, 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 oh, it, come it, on, it, it is we get old. it. Yeah, I thought so too. The way the way it's literally physically staged is a movie moment. Yeah. but like. Yeah. Just the fact of it happening 
it is was fine to me. Um, right. They they overplay it and they they literally set it like the set is designed in a way that is very cheesy. But but I think that it the moment itself is um, like it, it's it's basically like if you're like in the eye of like you're you're in, you're in Twister or you're in like some hurricane movie and like you're a boom like everything calms down you're like sweet and then just like a meteor strikes like, <laughs> that that's sort of the the. Uh, the psych, not even psychological way. Just that's just like the 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 the. I don't know the, the weight, whatever. That that I, I think that moment works from a character standpoint, though it's played up to a cheesy level. But mm-hmm. I think that it just happening is totally fine. Um, but I, so, the the complaints you guys have about the ending, total. Like I can't even defend the ending at all. Like the ending is literally the ending of Rambo Five. Like, like, like the, I mean, the, you, it even ends with the character standing on a fifty caliber machine gun and just going, and also they they always like you know recock it and but like they're not reloading it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you have to do that when it like I'm done, I'm not sure if it's jamming and they're just like doing something to fix the jam. But like it seems like they were. They were cocking it more often than they were reloading it. Oh, and they were cocking it. Yeah, they were cocking in their tank all the time. So I, 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 I mean, I, is it is it bad that I think that Rambo Four depicted atrocity better than this movie? Was it four or five? Uh, it was four. They haven't done five yet. Okay. What? I don't know. I don't know. But anyways, the the one where he's old and then he's on the gun the whole time. That that's yeah. No, that's Rambo Four. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just it's just called Rambo. Yeah, 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 and I, you know, was, I'm sure no one newest, else will agree. Was the, was the newest Rocky where he's old? Was that one Rocky Five? Yeah, I think that so. was Rocky Balboa. That was Rocky Six. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Sylvester Stallone, he's but old I, and I, he still I, kicks butt. So I, I think that uh, you think of the Expendables Five. Expendables <laughs> Five. <laughs> Anyways, I like. I think that the. I think that the combat itself is what held my interest in the film. Just just the presentation of like, I mean, well, first of all, as soon as bullets started flying, I was like, holy shit, we're watching G.I. Joe. Why are there lasers? <laughs> like, I couldn't figure out. Yeah, that was pretty. But it, it, that it's was a Star that, Wars movie. That was my initial reaction. My second reaction was, why do the good guys have the red <laughs> and the bad guys have the green? <laughs> my third reaction was like, okay, it's fine. I get it. And like, I, I was joking with my buddies yesterday that like Michael Bainia does have a line where he says, uh, he's like, every fifth round is a tracer round just so you know where you're firing. So like, I don't know if that's like that line is inserted there just so you know it's not lasers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I just thought that was funny that like, but but I get it because they're trying to show like, like regular guys, you just see muzzle flash and they're shooting a gun. But like any sort of heavy artillery, you know, big machine guns, the uh, whatever the like, the t- like the cannon, I guess. The like, yeah. you, you know, the, the thing that, cannon. That, well, you know the thing that like that's like they took the top of a tank off and set it on the ground. It can't move, but they can still fire shots. Yeah. Um, whatever that thing's called. The turret. Is it a turret? It's still firing tank rounds though, right? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. They use it to fly in the A team though. <laughs> oh God. Do you think it would have been better if Michael Pena, like, over and over again inserted himself to try to help, like, preempt criticism? Like, just so you know, those aren't lasers. This is a historically accurate thing, which is what it would look like if we were shooting right now. <laughs> I know in the future when you tell your grandkids about this, they're going to not believe that it looked like like lightsabers like that. Yeah, because you know that, like, people would be like, oh, dog, there were lasers in World War II. It's like, no, they're just trying to amp up the intensity to show you that if you get hit by one of these... But You're but I, but I think it's I think it's legitimately like it, I, I think it served a purpose because 
otherwise you just think everyone's missing. But it's like, no, like these rounds are hitting the tanks, but they're not direct hits or they're not hitting weak parts of the tank or like it, it does it so that, you know, that like something high velocity with a lot of killing force flew yeah. by ricocheted out the side of the tank inches from Brad Pitt or whoever is standing on top of whichever tank is being shot at at the time. And I think it, it I think that is compelling enough to make me not walk out of the film going like that movie was friggin' stupid or or like Carson is now going like. Yeah, that movie didn't do anything different than any other war movie I've ever seen. Um, so I think that like the story of the film is yes, it's it's very reduced, doesn't do anything at all, and it's not really there's nothing special in it. Um, but I think that the sheer fact that it's tank combat presented in this way uh, is is somewhat interesting on its own. Well, I mean, I think that the take yeah, the tank combat. Um it's true that the the you know with the laser the pew pew lasers like that um, <laughs> that is something that you haven't seen. But I feel like that the whole execution of tank warfare in this movie that wasn't interesting or compelling to me. Like I don't know. Like I feel like. But but is is it is it okay, so is it not interesting or compelling on the the sheer fact that it isn't, or is it like let me try to figure out a way to phrase this. Basically. I see that as like, yeah, shit, that's what it, that's how you are in a tank. You're a big thing. You're a big target. And if somebody's already positioned in a spot to shoot without moving or without giving away its position, your only choice is to, in formation, you know, turn 90 degrees and reverse to a tree line and then go forward and hope somebody can see it before it takes out another of your tanks. And then all of you try to shoot that thing before you die. Like that is compelling in that. You know, it's not like a video game where you're just like, I spawned and there's the bad guy. I just drive at him and just go, 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 boom. It's like, no, if anybody direct hits you, you're dead. And if you don't direct hit them, nothing's going to happen to you. And if it's a German tank, you can direct hit it and it probably still won't do anything to it. Like there, like there's, there's a moment in this, in this film where it's like, it, you're literally in the point where like, well, I just keep shooting at it because... The only other, it's not like you're in a really fast jet where you can just be like, these guys are too good for us, bank off and fly away. You know, this isn't like Independence Day where you're like, oh my God, aliens, the nukes aren't killing them. Let's just fly back to base and be safe. This (laughs) is like, well, all I can do is wait till I'm dead. So I might as well keep shooting at this thing and hope that I can beat. Like that's compelling to me from a mechanical standpoint. You you could actually argue that's also what the characters are. Like their mindset is all I can do is wait till I die. So I might as well start fighting back. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So to me, that's not a problem because (laughs) that's a reality of war. No, I, I see that. Like, I think my enjoyment of this film would have increased dramatically if something in the last act of the movie reminded me that they still know that this is like a terrible thing. Like, like the the main character goes on a journey, which is supposed to be watching someone break bad, right? Watching them get corrupted. Yeah. And by the end, I felt like the movie loses sight of that in a way where there were still interesting things it was telling me, but the film as a whole, I didn't know why it was telling me anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I, I can't, can't uh try to back the film up against that by any means because it's i think the last part of this film really is just reduced down to like oh yeah like let's let's blow up some stuff and shoot some things and and it's kind of funny too because one of the things that uh so i mean this isn't this isn't too spoilery but um basically troops are marching in a line 
and they don't really know that the tank i mean they, they see a tank down the road but like it could just be another destroyed tank and there's no one around they're not being fired at so they're just marching towards it so their big plan is to wait till everyone comes to check on the tank and then start attacking them it seems to me that you could have put i mean what i would have possibly come up with and asked the rest of my crew if they thought that was a good plan was put everybody outside of the tank up the road on one side of the road hiding in the bushes with their guns and then since the tank is already pointing directly down that road just wait till this like basically single column of troops is 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 like in range to like fire a, a, a single shell that would go through at least an entire row of those troops, mm-hmm. take them all out, and when they're scrambling, have your buddies on the side of the road just shoot everything instead of like wait till they've literally flanked you on all sides mm-hmm. and then start chucking grenades out of the manholes. That's not as badass, badass. Bro. Yeah. No, I know if I were doing that and I had all this time to give monologues and my my oh captain, my captain speeches and things like that, I would probably put the ammo inside the tank too. <laughs> Well, I, I think maybe like that's something I would have done. I'm not. I'm not going to say what happens in the movie. That's just no, no, a comment. So, no, Take oh, it or okay. leave it. So the the <laughs> scene that you're referring to, uh, where that comes back, they were grabbing specific ammo, which was for the 50 caliber uh, machine gun, which is mounted to the top of the tank. So that can't really come inside the tank. And then the ammo they were going out for was just ammo that could be used on normal weapons. Like so. I think that there there are things mounted to the outside that are like, well, once this is fighting, then we'll grab those and start shooting from those positions. And if But they know in this situation they are not going outside of the tank to fight people. I, I think the plan was that they would at one point. Because those those guns don't function inside the tank. Like they're I, I too big that... to fire from within the tank. So I think it was it was like, so we'll start this, then we'll grab these guns and start shooting. But it turns out that uh, the plan didn't go as they expected. <laughs> I, I thought this move, just like the entire plan, was meant to maximize how many badass scenes get to happen. <laughs> no, no, that, and that, that's what this is. That like the, the whole, the whole like, uh, we gotta get out of here. Um, I'm gonna stay. Really? Yeah. Okay, we'll all stay too. Like, <laughs> me too. Me too. Was, me too. Was, me too. Tonight I, we die. Everybody's in hell. like. After this, man, Percy Jackson's staying, I'm staying too. That kid's <laughs> yeah. not tougher than I, I am. I can't be a pussy. Yeah. But that's the thing. is like, if you just aim the tank down the street, Shia LaBeouf needs to be the only person in there. Just somebody to, like, shake his leg a little bit and then stomp on the shooter button. That's all <laughs> you need because, like, everyone else can have their guns. Like, go, 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 Like, it, it just... And also, like, as cool as it was to have all the smoke and the fog and, like, it turning nighttime the second the war started happening, <laughs> there wouldn't be all the smoke if they didn't shoot the house. Like, at one point, like, Brad Pitt's like, shoot the house, it'll burn. Yeah, it's like, why? <laughs> it's going to look so cool. Like, it's you see the ending of The Guest, you know how smoke makes things look cool? Yeah, it seems like it, yeah, if, dude. if you don't... Well, it's way more ominous and if cool. If you don't shoot that stuff, it seems... To me, that uh, everything's under cover of night, and you got more chance to, I don't know, maybe get on the guns that Steven's wondering about why they weren't using. Well, dude, they really had to make sure those dead Krauts were dead in the building, you know? (laughs) They're like, well, they're dead, but, you know, we got to really make sure they're dead. (laughs) I I, I just felt like somebody was like, man, I really like that new Bond movie when everybody's, like, fighting around the house burning at night. (laughs) And they're like, we can do that. (laughs) Dude, I would not be surprised if that was, like, the visual pitch. 
Did you see Skyfall at the end? That's what we're going for. <laughs> no, it's probably somebody like printed out or like had it on their phone. Like, try this out. See this? See this? See how cool that is? Yeah. Yeah. What if it was like that, but with Star Wars lasers? <laughs> yeah. Like, whoa. Uh, and I also love that part where Brad Pitt was like, I have you now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was hoping, I, I, I would have liked for this movie at some point, Fury to get like an age thrown in and then go and try to kill Hitler like a Fuhrer. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the movie, a movie named Führer, like F U R O R, could make some like pretty cool. Uh, Fury. Yeah, yeah. it yeah. could do some cool stuff. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I w- I will give the movie credit for not having some uh, bullshit framing device where like Logan Lerman's an old man. He's like, let me tell you a story about when I was a when I was a, a terrible person. You know. Who are these guys in this picture? Oh, them. I remember oh, them my old chums it was the last few days of world war ii <laughs> yes and i was stranded on a boat with richard parker <laughs> yes uh, no one liked me but in the end they did yeah, that, that scene where the tiger ate the orangutan was pretty crazy yeah that was <laughs> i don't know what they were doing in the tank but <laughs> oh now that would be a movie uh, that we hadn't seen before if uh Instead of Shia LaBeouf, it was just like a tiger playing his role. <laughs> That'd be ridiculous. So wait, so you want to replace the one good character in this movie <laughs> with a tiger? Okay, we'll replace the guy from The Walking Dead with a tiger, <laughs> and uh, that would have been interesting. Because I think uh, going back, I didn't really, uh, I didn't finish what I was going to say about in terms of because I didn't think the the tank warfare. <laughs> oh, we're was, done. Oh, oh, we're done. Oh, we're, oh, we're done. Okay. Um, Bring it back to the judge. <laughs> always, everything always leads back to the judge. Um, uh-huh. No, I mean, because like I think overall, for me personally, I was not, you know, the overall execution of the movie, I wasn't on board with. So I wasn't gonna be on board with the execution of the tank warfare. Um, I don't know. Just it just wasn't inherently interesting. Like I feel like if someone like. John Milius or Catherine Bigelow had directed this movie, then we would have maybe got a little more of a visceral tank movie. Um, which it's funny because it's like I feel like David Ayer is trying to like he's definitely influenced by like the the directing quality is of like John Milius or or um, like even Catherine Bigelow. Like they have like similar qualities, but I feel like someone like Catherine Bigelow makes way more badass and manly movies than anything David Ayer has put out and she's a woman <laughs> but she's awesome so <laughs> okay I don't know I just I just think it's funny that like they, I, I, they don't I feel like you felt that that statement was gonna be like way more hard-hitting like we're gonna I, like, I, and, I, and wait I, for it oh snap she's Catherine Bigelow's got just, bigger balls than David oh, she, <laughs> I do think she has bigger balls than David Ayer like I I think that like her movies come off as just naturally badass than than this than these movies do like i just think there's but something they're, they're so strange about character it. pieces like all of them are are really interesting character pieces and this is like this is an entire movie that's just the last 10 minutes of uh yeah. zero dark 30 like this entire film I mean, is just true. supposed to be that but like the studio is like we got to have some characters in this like brad pitt won't be in it if he doesn't get to talk so like, but, but i can say the bleakness of like a jeremy renner disarming a ball uh, a bomb type situation would have lent itself very well to, yeah. to like 
the yeah. being stuck inside a tank and just like mindlessly trying to get as yeah, many as you can. I, she, I feel like she, that would have uh, been a cool, uh, yeah. cool thing. She did that one movie, um, K-19, which I thought was a really good submarine movie. That the Widowmaker? Um, yeah, the Widowmaker. Um, and I thought that movie like conveyed like the claustrophobia of of you know submarine life and stuff like i thought that was really well done so i think like if she had done this movie it would have it would have been really cool but i mean it like it is true that like this movie has like zero character development compared to something like zero dark 30 or any of the movies she done or any like other like i said war movie but and i I feel like that that the characters that they are is like so thinly drawn like i mean yeah shia labeouf he's just like i'm the christian like that's about it you know we don't get anything more like I, it's just i don't know it's just it's too like it's too thin the whole movie's too thin not enough meat on this bones all right not well, enough meat for this man movie well why don't we get to our recommendations then which i'm assuming is not going to go well for you two guys so uh carson start us off and just let us know if you're going to give this a must-see recommend with the caveat wait for rental pass the caveat or a must avoid what would you give it um i don't know i i'm i'm teetering on 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 a rating but i guess i'll give it I guess I'll give it a pass because it was better than than uh, Kill the Messenger so, or Sabotage. So, so what, what was Perhaps the caveat? <laughs> if you can only well, because I saw because I saw them the same day. I saw them both yesterday. Gotcha. So, so it was maybe like maybe Kill the Messenger put you in a bad mood for being able to enjoy. Uh, no, I, I saw Fury first and then Kill the Messenger. Uh, um. No, I, I I think uh, even though the bar is set extremely low with Sabotage, this was at least a better movie than that in terms of David Ayer's movies. But uh, uh, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the cast is good, and they are very, you know, they're, they're trying to do their best with what they have. Um, but it, it's, a very, uh, it's a very dull movie, and uh, I just... I wasn't on board, but I, I would still give it a pass because, like, I don't think that it's, I don't think that it's so terrible that I would give it a must avoid. But I mean, if you have seen other war movies, you're you're okay without seeing Fury. <laughs> but if you haven't, this is a must. Yeah. <laughs> if you like, be like I said, if you haven't people, seen any war movie ever in life, then Fury would be fine. <laughs> All right, Stephen. Um, I think I'm gonna be moderately positive. Actually, I think. My criticisms are largely about the message and the why of the film. I feel like if you are interested in watching this movie, the whys might matter to you, but more of it is going to be how does it feel and does it get that sort of, uh, does it hit the right note? And I think the movie hits the right note. So I'm going to give recommend with a caveat. Really? Yeah, no, I'm going recommend with caveat, uh, which it'll be weird if that's higher than Chris's, but I... (laughs) Well, I, I, so I, I've, I was teetering like since yesterday when I was talking to people about the film. Yeah. I've been teetering between, uh, like, I found enjoyment in the presentation of the combat of tanks, yeah. um, which would put me in the category of recommend with a caveat. Um, but like, I totally expect the way you yeah. guys reacted to this film from the beginning of it. And it's like I can't justify the film as being a good war movie. Yeah. But I think it is a good. It's an interesting watch. Yeah, I I thought it was interesting, and I thought um, I thought the trailer 
<laughs> what, whatever the trailer was, I maybe it was putting its best foot forward, but I think it also gave you exactly what the trailer says the movie is going to be. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like there was any sort of like switch out where <laughs> you expect one thing and then what you get is something completely different. Yeah. It, yeah. It's I mean, if not you've the, seen the trailer, you've seen this movie. I mean, you, you're going to get what you expect. Like, it's not the highest recommend with a caveat. It's like a fairly weak, like teetering on rental. Yeah. But in the end, I thought like... I was not bored over the couple hours, and even if I had some, like, ethical things which made me never be completely on board with what was going on in the movie, yeah, I still thought it was a well-made film. Well, you just don't like when Nazis get killed, right? <laughs> I, I, I didn't, and this is maybe going to be something both of you disagree with, I didn't see any merit in Lone Survivor that this movie didn't have. <laughs> I, I felt like the exact same joy of just watching something crazy people fighting for survival yeah well th- this I, I thought it was the exact same pleasure that i got in this movie yeah the, the one thing that lone survivor had that this doesn't was people tumbling down hills in a way that i don't understand how it <laughs> yeah, worked i faulted this movie didn't have enough hills with big thumps of people falling yeah down. i mean i i feel that lone survivor was doing the whole you know ura thing but i i don't know i feel like that movie was at least in in, in terms of like that of what you know that style of war i guess <laughs> Dude, there's, all, there's a shot in this film of a a uh whatever the tank tread tracks are left like there's mud and there's a channel in which tanks have driven through where there is a smushed body laying in it and then another tank drives right over it again yeah. i was like ah <laughs> like this is horrible <laughs> sorry that was a little tangent but I, i'm going to give it record of the cabot also I have to back up my words on this podcast if if Steven is going to bump it up. For me, the real, really the only caveat is, uh, you know, the the Rambo ending. Um, some for un, some ungodly reason, there is a scene at the end of this film involving a German soldier and a flashlight mm-hmm. that I think is it, it completely like supplants any sort of statement they've made about any person who the film is trying to kill. Yeah. In in a way that I can't understand why they went for that. Um, and that's all I'll say for now. Um, so really, th- that and so the Rambo, the flashlight, and the fact that uh, Percy Jackson's transition from I've never shot anybody before to like, die, Nazi, die, <laughs> happens so quickly that there's not a journey that he goes on so much as a flip that is switched in his head. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. So those are my real only caveats. Besides that, I think that the tank combat is interesting it paints a picture of a vehicle which you kind of get other films presented as being the superior piece of armored weaponry to being something that you would never want to be inside yourself though you would like to have on your side while you're fighting um so for those things i give it the recommend but please know that it's not the greatest war film in existence you heard it from because the greatest war film in existence (laughs) No, that's it's the greatest war film in existence. <laughs> Uttered on this podcast. Yes. Uh, no, I mean it's it's pretty low Car- on the Carson said, on the totem pole. Carson said, if you can only see one war movie, <laughs> this <laughs> is gonna be it. <laughs> uh, good times. All right. So. Yeah, that's the episode. So <laughs> Carson, if people want to find you that throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, you can go to practicalcandy.wordpress.com. Steven? You can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. 
cool. People can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. Uh, if you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at, at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning or Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com. You can leave us a comment through our little form submission thingamajigger in the contact page of our site. Or you can leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Fury, which I'm sure Carson hated. Um, and uh, it did the the score did feel kind of out of place in this movie. It, it felt it felt like it was like for a medieval like fantasy adventure movie. <laughs> did not fit. It was weird. Well, World War II is the new medieval, so... Well, that's yeah. true. They had the pew-pew lasers, so I guess it was uh, <laughs> fantastical somehow. All right. You heard it from Carson. It's a fantastic movie. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's it. So <laughs> thank you guys for joining me. Thanks for having us. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> kill Nazis. <laughs> yeah, everyone else. We'll see you next time.